self-defense from all the wrong angles. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. This podcast gave me something of a moral dilemma. You will hear me a bit more hesitant than I usually am. There will be some long, thoughtful pauses as I go through the material for this podcast. And that is because I try very hard not to go around making enemies. This may come as a shock to you, and you would be forgiven for not believing me. He said, taking a drink from the mug that bears the mugshot of someone who is most decidedly not a fan of this podcast. But I was scrolling through my uh, social media timeline and somebody on my friends list, I I have a lot of friends that I don't know all that well. It's the outcome of how I use social media, which is as a way of getting the word out about my projects and my writing, how to promote the stuff that I'm doing. There's a lot of people that follow me who don't really know me as a friend, but who want to follow me because they're interested in the material that I put out. I suppose a good number of them are probably people who don't like what I put out and are following ironically. But the fact is, every once in a while, I'll scroll by someone who's on my friends list and I'm like, I I don't really know this person, but uh, there must have been a reason that I friended them or they friended me. And recently, one of them was promoting his podcast. It's a martial arts podcast. So I thought, well, I will listen because obviously it's probably going to be relevant to my interests. And the most recent two episodes of that podcast gave me a moral dilemma. That dilemma is that both episodes of the podcast, I'm going to call these people the host and the guest. The host is a person who owns the podcast. The guest is the person who was guesting on the podcast about whom I will not have a lot of personal information to reveal. But the problem is the guest is mentally ill. The host is aware of this doesn't see a problem with it and went about in the hour of this total two episodes of podcast rationalizing the guest's mental illness just you know parroting right along joking right along but there's a good reason for this and that is because the host probably hates himself i'm going to make a lot of assertions that are my suppositions only I don't know this person, I barely know them as a person, much less know the inner workings of their mind. But you can draw certain conclusions based on the evidence before you, and in my opinion, the host hates himself. He's bought into the idea that he is a terrible, terrible white man, a straight cis white male, who must be made to to change, to be a better person. Um, and that self-loathing, self-loathing, say that five times fast, is really readily apparent in his willingness to bow down at the altar of mental illness and make sure that everyone knows that he's on the side of, of inclusive, inclusivity and diversity and equity. This person 
bizarrely, seems to think that self-defense, that the self-defense landscape is dominated by right-wingers. And that's true up to a point. Self-defense is inherently right-wing in its nature because left-wingers despise the idea of self-defense. They would much rather you were a victim than a victor. They would much rather that we uh, replace reality with their wishful thinking. Um, a left-winger will tell you, well, I've never felt unsafe. And therefore, because they've never felt unsafe, they've never been unsafe. Reality can go hang as far as they're concerned. They're always going to substitute their wishful thinking for what's actually taking place. I've gotten myself into a little bit of trouble in the past because I tend to be very binary, if you'll forgive me, in my thinking. Um, I, I forget sometimes that some of my friends consider themselves more left of center than right of center. But please understand that when I talk about left-wingers, I'm talking about radical leftists, practically communists, the progressives who dominate the far left of the aisle in American politics. Right and left are really meaningless terms whenever we leave American shores in terms of making comparison. It's not the same thing. Uh, so I'm an American speaking about American politics, so understand that from the outset. And if you consider yourself a Democrat or a progressive or a left-winger and also a supporter of self-defense, that's great. Uh, I am not attacking you. This is not a criticism of you. This is not an indictment of you. But this host, who obviously considers himself left of center and has an entire podcast devoted to self-defense, which is a good thing, he seems to think that the self-defense industry is all left-wingers, or excuse me, all right-wingers, dominated by only one side of the political spectrum. And nothing could be farther from the truth, because I have dealt with left-wing martial artists for the entire 30 years that I have been involved in martial arts circles, from left-wing martial artists in other countries to left-wingers right here in the United States. Uh, there are martial arts forums that are dominated by left-wingers. That's usually a top-down thing. That's usually the owner is left of center, so it tends to encourage a culture that is left of center. But I have no idea where this guy is getting this notion that he, as a cis white male, must be taught to be a better person by changing. These are This is language he used. Um, he's, he's bought this idea that he should hate himself. It's my supposition only. I don't know him. I'm, I obviously can't know the inner workings of his mind. I am making guesses, educated guesses, based on what I've heard from a sample of two episodes of a podcast. So, But the host uh, says that it's changing out there. And if you don't change with the times, you're going to get left behind, brother. Well, first of all, no, it's not changing. It is getting worse. But the fact that some far left-wingers have discovered the power of violence doesn't mean that the self-defense field is being taken over by left-wing progressives and that they're going to push out the right-wing dinosaurs who refuse to change with the times. Self-defense will always be more right-wing in attitude than left-wing in attitude because left-wingers want to ban the tools of self-defense and would gladly make self-defense itself illegal. Right now, it is illegal to defend yourself in Canada and the UK. Every time I say that, my friends in the UK and Canada vociferously and strenuously object. But functionally, even though they pay lip service to the notion of self-defense, you are in big trouble if you defend yourself in either Canada or the UK. 
you will be very much in danger of going to jail for it. That happens here in the United States too. I'm not saying we're that much better. We're a little farther behind the curve where that's concerned. We're on the same curve. We're just farther back. But right now, mostly, self-defense is still legal in the United States. The same cannot be said, despite the lip service paid to the contrary for Canada and the UK. So this guy believes that self-defense is dominated by right-wingers and has to be pushed to the left. That's false in both cases. For one thing, you're not going to push it to the left. For another thing, there's lots of left-wingers, lots of Democrats, lots of progressives um, who, you know, martial artists who hate guns, for example. They're everywhere. I've dealt with those people for the last 30 years. So I think his notion of what's going on politically in the martial arts is simply skewed by his worldview. But also this idea that there's this wave of leftists who are now getting hip to the notion of self-defense, that's not true either. The, the far leftists, you know, the people like Antifa who've discovered that they can join clubs called the Socialist Rifles and arm up so that they can better intimidate the people that they want to silence through, uses, through, through the use of violence, which is why groups like Antifa exist, to shut up people they don't like by threatening them, intimidating them, hurting them, and even killing them. These are domestic terrorists. Uh, that's, a, that's a topic for another podcast, but the fact is, they're out there, that doesn't mean they're embracing the, the goodly art of self-defense. They're just not. And they're never going to. You're never going to see what I would characterize as a sea change in attitudes on the far left towards self-defense. They don't like it. They wish they didn't have to deal with it. They would much rather dwell in the land of wishful thinking. They're never going to take responsibility for self-defense. Now, I'd be the first person, if you were a part of any, what you consider marginalized minority group, any group, I don't care what it is, I don't care if I have a problem with you, if you came to me and you said, I want to legally get a gun and I want to be trained to use it, I would help you in a heartbeat. Because every gun owner, every legal gun owner, every responsible legal gun owner that we make becomes a member of our side. It's just the way it works. People who hate guns do not then go buy guns, use guns, become familiar with guns, and continue hating guns. They, they convert over. That's what you want. Uh, another way, that's another way of saying that um, a left-winger is a right-winger who hasn't been mugged yet. Or vice versa. My point is, somebody with progressive politics, once he's actually tasted violence, tends to move to the other side and tends to understand the reality of use of force. Most people today don't understand use of force issues, don't understand self-defense, don't understand self-defense law, don't understand how any of this works. And more often than not, they are on the far left. That doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of yahoos on the right who also don't understand. Uh, no field has the love-hate interaction across its membership to a greater degree than martial arts and self-defense. The self-defense industry has a lot of weirdos in it. People who are out there making money and peddling product. Uh, it's an industry, it's a business, and it's also a culture. Those people who are not necessarily in the industry of martial arts and self-defense are still participants in the culture. And there's a lot of weird to be had. It's because weirdos are drawn to the martial arts and self-defense because they have power fantasies. That's not to say that the martial arts will give you power fantasies, 
it's what I call the D&D principle. Back when people used to say that Dungeons & Dragons is evil and is going to turn your kid weird and disconnect him from reality. Well, that's not going to happen. Unless your kid was already a prime candidate for becoming disconnected from reality. People who are not well connected to reality tend to be drawn to fantasy. So, of course, they are drawn to things like Dungeons & Dragons. And people who are prone to power fantasies are drawn to martial arts and self-defense. They can't help it. So, we have this host who is convinced that uh, he's part of this vanguard of the left who are changing the martial arts for the better. Neither of those things is true. The leftists have always been there, and they're not changing the martial arts field for the better. They're certainly muddying it up and getting it in trouble. You know, when, when uh, like, let's take gun ownership. When suddenly there are rifle clubs populated exclusively by ardent socialists and communists and Antifa terrorists, that's not a good thing. They are not what we would call responsible gun owners. There's that militia group, the Not Effing Around Coalition, which is a racially pure um, anti-white militia group um, with a nagging tendency to threaten white families with violence, if I remember correctly. I'm operating by memory, so if you're a member of that group and you disagree, feel free to let me know in the comments. But uh, you know their presence on the scene isn't a good thing. It's not an improvement. And that's the a recurring theme we're going to see. So this host, who of course has taught SWAT and the military, because they all have, and of course he was a bouncer for many years, because they all have. Um, and and maybe all those things are true. It's just that I'm a little cynical every time I hear it now. My eyes just kind of roll up in my head, because yeah, of course you are, and of course you never specify where and when this was. Okay. I mean, is it even possible for our military to get anything done if you cross-reference all of the bazillions of dudes who claim to have trained our military? Like, like, is it just day-to-day, day day, 50 different martial arts guys are training your unit to do 50 different things? I have to wonder. So this guy who uses phrases like, he's a white, straight, cis male, and he talks about his quote-unquote privilege and using his privilege for the better. Um, this guy wants you to believe that he is on the forefront of where the martial arts and self-defense are at these days. Um, you know, he, he even spoke in his podcast about uh, people who are struggling with things like preferred pronouns. They're, they're just resistant to change. It's, it's not that they object to having their language dictated by people who change constantly, who seem to constantly change where they're at in terms of their identity and, and, and spend their days constantly navel-gazing about what identity they're going to switch to next. Couldn't be that. It has to be that they're just a bunch of old fuddy-duddies who are relu reluctant to change. And they just need to be given a shove. into. I don't know what this voice is that I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so... This person seems to think that he's a vanguard of bringing progressive correctness to the martial arts. But unfortunately, the reality is that he's a, he's a representative of self-hating anarchy uh, and part of a reality where words lose all meaning and our ability to communicate with each other becomes increasingly problematic to the point of impossibility. 
And reality, of course, is completely subjective. Objectivity is completely gone. And we can't know anything because everyone is anything. And what is anything? It's so frustrating. That brings me to the host guest. In my opinion, the host guest for these two episodes is mentally ill. That's my opinion. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychologist. I am telling you that I, as just some person who has spent 30 years in the martial arts, thinks that the guest is mentally ill. The mentally ill guest is also a martial arts teacher. Now, in my opinion, if you are mentally ill, you should not be teaching. A teacher is so important to the development of a student in the martial arts and self-defense. And a teacher who has personal problems has a tendency to project those problems onto his or her students. I had a, a Wing Chun teacher who was a very skilled martial artist. But my teacher had a very pronounced flaw. He was an extremely insecure individual. And that insecurity drove him to be kind of a jerk. Just really kind of a self-absorbed jerk. It caused a lot of problems. Uh, and in my case, it caused me to leave that school. Well, I left the school because I wanted to do a different system that I liked better. But it destroyed my post-student relationship with this teacher. Um, if you're the sort of teacher who has to start bad-mouthing his former students who've done nothing to you, uh, you're, you have issues. You have problems. That is not professional conduct. And this teacher was very upset when I published my first book on self-defense. I think he saw it as an assertion of equality. Why, how dare I publish a book on self-defense? Now, the fact that it was a beginner's guide to self-defense, or the fact that I had already been studying self-defense for many years before I ever came to his school, all of that was meaningless to him. What he saw was a student who had been at his school for two to three years, and who then published a book on basic self-defense, and he was greatly offended. So he decided to start attacking me online. I write for a living. It is a very bad idea to start a war of words with me. So he eventually had to come to my current teacher for help and beg him to ask me to stop attacking him online because he couldn't take the heat. All the way around, no matter how you look at it, this paints him in a very bad light. And the reason it does, the reason he comes out so poorly and all that, the reason he had to tell so many lies about me, lies that I still get thrown in my face on occasion to this day, I'll say, well, that's a very interesting interpretation of reality. It doesn't happen to be what actually happened. All of that points to the fact that his insecurities caused a lot of problems. And I'm not the only student that ended up having a problem with him. I'm not the only teacher who ended up having a problem with him. Um, uh, there was another teacher who, you know, mentioned his, this guy's tendency to constantly see whether he was measuring up against everyone around him. He was always assessing the room to see who he was tougher than in his estimation. If he thought he was tougher than you, he would be condescending. If he thought you were capable of taking him, he would be very obsequious, very deferential. This is a mild case. This is a mild character flaw. Amp that up. You know, a, a mild issue causes this guy, in my opinion, not to reach his full potential as a teacher. Now, when you're a martial arts teacher and you have mental illness, serious mental illness, that's going to cause you an order of magnitude more problems when it comes to your teaching. 
the problems, the nature of the problems will vary depending on the mental illness. And I am being circumspect because this is a topic where I cannot speak freely, not on today's social media. But the guest also reposts on his social media, I should say his or her, I'm not identifying this individual, but the guest, you know, we have the host, I've talked about him, now we have the guest who is mentally ill. I looked at the, the, the guest's social media. This is one of the reasons, it's part of what put me over to want to record this podcast in the first place. The guest reposts a tremendous amount of rage-filled invective, stuff that is built around this person's mental illness by other people who share this person's mental illness, and they're very, very full of what they consider self-righteous indignation, rage in their words, and how they're going to instill in the minds of those who criticize them and who don't agree with their mental illness, they're going to instill in them fear. I couldn't help but think that this is exactly the type of attitude that caused another individual to shoot up a Christian school. I'm not saying this person is a school shooter waiting to happen. I'm saying it's a very bad look to be posting all that rage-filled invective. In the podcast, the guest and the host talked about the need to have thick skin. I don't see thick skin here. I see a brittle, angry person who's convinced that the, the, the guest is on the receiving end of a society-wide campaign to eliminate the guest from existing. It's not true. It's a paranoid fantasy. But that is the attitude that this person brings to their day-to-day -day existence. Uh, the same person says, I'm very much a non-confrontational person. That's a quote from the podcast. And I look at these rage-filled statements reposted on their social media, you know, the constant fear of being genocided that this person lives in, I don't see non-confrontational. Um, as an aside, this person also doesn't understand self-defense law. The host and the guest got into a discussion of uh, the, the so-called gay panic defense. And the guest opined that what this means is that if you're a straight man and you suddenly encounter a gay person in a romantic setting and you murder them, that it's completely legal. You were completely free to murder them. That's not how that works. That's not how that legal defense works. It would be like saying that castle doctrine means the second you step a foot on my property, I'm legally justified in murdering you, which is not true. So, you know, the, this is... The type of advice, these two people for an hour sat there laughing and trading back and forth these pieces of misinformation, this fundamental misapplication of the law. Meanwhile, there, a lot of these people who suffer from this mental illness are of the belief that there's a campaign to eliminate them, that they're in constant danger, under constant threat. And the fact is, they, uh, these people tend to live high-risk lifestyles, and that's why Stuff tends to happen to them on occasion, not at the rates that they claim. But when you lead a high-risk lifestyle, guess what? You've embraced a certain amount of high risk. I'm just saying. So the host went on to claim in that podcast that the basics are changing, and that's a good thing. Uh, and people don't like that the basics are changing, which is why they don't go along with this strain of mental illness in society today. And... Uh, no, that's not what's happening. The basics of reality are not changing. People are insisting that we go along 
with uh, admiring the emperor's new clothes that we all agree to believe something that we don't believe, that we all agree to pretend to believe something that none of us believes, and that we all smile and nod and go along with it and go, the emperor's new outfit is beautiful. Meanwhile, the emperor is standing there wearing nothing. If you don't know that old folktale, look it up, the emperor's new clothes. It is extremely applicable to what we're all experiencing in the world today. Unfortunately, the problems don't stop there. The host interviews the guest, and the guest reveals that the guest's martial arts journey is only two years long. That's right, this person has been doing martial arts for two years, and is now teaching and offering private lessons. Private lessons are one-on-one -on -one instruction. If you're receiving one-on-one -on -one instruction from someone who's only just started martial arts two years ago, what are you getting? Now, you might say, well, it's okay because, according to the podcast interview, the guest is only instructing children because the guest has a long history of working with children. I would argue that that's really way worse. So either this person with only two years of martial arts experience is offering private lessons to adults and ripping them off by giving them instruction that is only two years old. I mean, I don't know how you even begin to start teaching when you only just started martial arts two years ago. But if those private lessons are private lessons for children, what level of I dropped my kids off at Michael Jackson's house for the weekend parent are you? What's wrong with you? You should not leave your children in the custody of someone who is grappling with serious mental issues. It's not a good idea. Everything about this is wrong. Uh, to be proud of sharing your mental illness with your child students further compounds all of this. And that was the upshot of the interview. That the, the host and his guest spoke at length about the fact that the guest has a long history of teaching children and was very proud of sharing their particular brand of mental illness with the children. I think if you are a parent and you have students attending this martial arts school, you need to pull them immediately because all they're doing is getting confused. They're getting indoctrinated in a mentally ill belief system that society at large does not share. Now, the host is of the belief that society at large does not share it because we're all just reluctant to change. That's not it. It's not it at all. It's that enough of us still remember that uh, reality is not completely subjective and that certain things are true and certain things are false. And that being told that you must respect and, and pay lip service to a belief you do not share is wrong. And here in the United States violates the First Amendment. No one should be able to tell you that you must admire the emperor's new clothes or your life will be destroyed and you will lose your career and you will lose your social media. That's wrong. And yet that's where we are. That's where we are today. People are people first, the host insists. The guest goes on about how people are all different. It reminded me a little bit of how Chuck Norris would tailor his instruction. You know, he had a guy who couldn't do certain kicks because of a... a disability and he said well just don't do those kicks you know modify your martial arts that's all a positive message but to say to to move on from that and say because people are different 
everything is subjective, that's wrong. Opinions can be subjective. Certain situations and our evaluations of them can be subjective. Reality is not subjective. Reality is objective. Reality doesn't care what you think about it. It occurs regardless of your participation. It doesn't care if you agree. And so, my moral dilemma. I listen to this podcast. I know that even being circumspect like this, if this podcast is heard by the person whose podcast I am criticizing, he probably will not like it. I will probably end up making an enemy. I don't want that. It's possible that it won't go that way. But I just... What put me over the edge, what what put me over... I was going to leave it alone. I was going to not talk about it. As it is, I've had to talk about it in such wide circles around the barn that you probably are only vaguely aware of what I'm even saying. But when I saw the guest's social media and how full of rage and righteous indignation it was, how entitled to rage and violent thought this person seemed to believe they were. When I saw that, that's when I had to say something. Because when we indulge this, when we embrace this, when we say, it's okay that you've got obvious problems, it's okay that you're teaching after only two years, it's okay that you're teaching children and passing on your obvious issues to them. When we just go along with that, we're all in big trouble. And I guess I'm done. Until next time, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.